This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. I'm Kate Bendel from Sober Yoga. I struggled with drinking for years until I discovered yoga. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore yoga as a tool for overcoming addiction. My passion is to share that there is a way out of the alcohol trap that doesn't require you to identify as powerless or even as an alcoholic. Sober Yoga, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oir.org.nz. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me this morning. Um, I'm Kate. I'm your host for the Sober Yoga Show. This is a show that has been talking about the interface between yoga and alcohol addiction and how yoga can be a really helpful tool for helping deal with addiction. Um, we've, we've focused mainly on alcohol, really, but it's not um, a big leap to take any of the discussions we've had and extend them beyond alcohol to actually drugs as well, any form of addiction really. At its core, they're they're all essentially the same, what's going on within the person. So this is going to be the final show for Sober Yoga. So what we're going to do this morning is I've had a few questions come in. So I'm going to answer the questions so that we can round up the show knowing that I've answered everybody's questions and to also let you know that I will be maintaining a radio show, but it's going to go back to a more general application of yoga. So in in a fortnight when we're on, it's just going to return back to the Dunedin yoga lady. And I feel in that way, actually, it's easier to serve more people. What's happening currently, there seems to be a greater need for yoga. People are feeling stressed and anxiety in ways that we haven't really seen before and I think as the Dunedin yoga lady I'm in a better position to work through that with people and offer things that are going to be more helpful to people in general. Um, Before we move on to answering some of the questions I also want to draw your attention to what I believe is one of the best resources we have here in New Zealand if you are dealing with alcohol issues so that you don't feel like I'm just leaving you completely in the lurch. This is a website um, and it's called Living Sober. So that's all one word, livingsober.org.nz. And this is an incredible website. It's been set up by... A woman who's, oh, that would be good if I could remember her name. I think she gets herself known publicly as Mrs. D. She wrote a book um, probably four or five years ago, and her journey from from being a very long-term heavy drinker into sobriety happened when she turned 50. And as a result of her sobriety, she has set up this website that is full of resources. It's got incredible resources, but she's also a very talented writer. So there's a great blog on there and possibly even more useful than that is there's a forum. So it's a very safe place to go and ask any questions and there's lots of support there and it's 
very non-judgmental um, and it's a very active community actually within New Zealand. So I'll just say that again in case you missed it. It's called livingsober.org.nz. So one of the questions that I've been asked more than once, which I want to address this morning, is this question of to practice yoga, does what 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 role does spirituality take in yoga? Do you have to be spiritual to practice yoga? And often the people who are asking this are people who would prefer that the answer was no. It's people who are not really interested in spirituality or even more strongly than that, they have decided spirituality is not for them. So this answer may or may not be pleasing to you. Yoga is a spiritual practice. The origins of yoga, definitely it is a spiritual practice. However, it's not a religious practice. So you don't need to believe in God to practice yoga. You certainly can believe in God and practice yoga. But definitely having a spiritual orientation and being open to the spiritual dimension of yoga will mean that you get more out of the practice. You can, however, practice yoga as a purely as exercise, just as a physical thing, but the benefits you're going to get are going to be limited. You're going to get some physical benefits. Um, and yeah, so I hope that answers the question. It's yeah, it is a spiritual practice, and most of the really deep rewards that come from yoga are often on that deeper level. What is confusing for some people, I think, is like, well, what does spiritual mean? What do you mean by spiritual practice? I guess what I'm saying is that there's an inward focus. There's a a desire and a willingness to connect with something on a deeper level. It's the often the unseen, like we're entering into the world that is not quite the same as the the world that we see in daily life. And because spirituality and the spiritual world is subtle, it's a very difficult thing to name in a way and explain in a way that respects the subtlety of it. So it can end up all sounding a bit woo-woo and airy-fairy, which it is not. So to answer that question, yes, it's a spiritual practice, and particularly if you're coming at it from the perspective that you've got an issue with alcohol and you're trying to reduce or cut out drinking, being open to the spiritual dimension of it could be incredibly helpful. However, if you're not able to or don't want to go there, you can just practice it as a physical thing, looking at your body as, you know, a biomechanical thing. And yes, there are definitely benefits from practicing it in that way, but it may not bring the deep transformative changes that you might be hoping for if you only practice it as a physical practice. So hopefully that helps. Another question that I 
received and often when I've been working with people one-on-one this is a a really big thing when you've been drinking a lot or for over you know use it as a habit for most people it's in the evening very rarely do people do morning or daytime drinking it happens now and then but by far the most common time that people are relying on alcohol is in the evening And so when I'm working with people, often they're like, what do I do if I'm not drinking? Suddenly, there's an evening in front of them, and they don't know what to do if they're they're not going to be drinking. And to those of you, if you're listening and you have never used alcohol in in that way before, it's probably like, well, there's a million things you can do a really nice time of day actually to do some of the things um, that make you feel relaxed, some of the things that make you feel happy, time for some creative things. But for people who have habitually turned to alcohol, it can feel like a really difficult thing to know how to navigate that period from coming home from work and actually getting to bed. How to get yourself to bed sober is unfortunately a real challenge that people face when they they cut down or they stop drinking because so often people who are abusing alcohol drink until they really can't drink anymore and then they just collapse into bed. So a couple of the women I've worked with recently have really highlighted for me that learning how to actually take care of themselves is not straightforward it's been years and years and years since I've done simple things like brushing their teeth or cleaning their face before they go to bed and it feels almost overwhelming for them so often a a gentle yoga practice in the evening can be a really good thing to put in your routine if you're not relying on alcohol anymore but you actually want to relax so if you're going to do yoga in the evening which I'd say if you're trying to give up drinking doing a, a practice in the evening is a really good idea there's a couple of things to bear in mind so that it's actually useful and one of them is just to be really clear about why you're doing it And that's to address things like anxiety, stress, to help you release any problems that have arisen during the day. And it's so you can avoid using alcohol. So those different, those reasons will determine the type of practice you're going to do, which will be very different than if you were doing it at seven o'clock in the morning. If you're doing a practice in the morning, you're wanting it to energize you. You're wanting it to wake you up so you can feel clear and strong for your day. You don't want that to happen at 8 o'clock at night if you are trying to wind down and get ready to go to bed. So it's really important that you have some sense of what's an appropriate practice. 
So I'm going to try my best to explain that to you. And excuse me if it sounds like I'm treating you like you don't know anything, but I'm going to kind of be speaking here, particularly to people who don't necessarily know a whole lot about yoga, but want to start doing it in the evening. So one of the first things that you can look at is how long is the practice? You do not need to do a really long practice. At the end of the day, the truth is most people are tired. So to have to kind of imagine that you're going to do an hour or an hour and a half of yoga is probably setting yourself up to fail because most people, okay, there's some very disciplined people out there, but for the majority of people, that's too long. And after a few days, your enthusiasm will wane and you'll stop doing it. So looking at something that's more like 20 minutes or 30 minutes is plenty. You can totally change the way that you feel. You can totally change your energy level. You can release stress in a practice that's 20 or 30 minutes. One of the other things to look at with the practice, whether you're getting it from a book or YouTube or you've been to a class and can remember bits, is the amount of standing postures or poses compared to the amount of ones that you do seated or lying on your back or even on your tummy. In the evening, you do, don't want to be doing a whole heap of standing poses. Again, you're tired. You need to get yourself into postures and positions that uh, don't require so much energy from you. So I would, yeah, say look at both of those things. And then the other aspect that is can be helpful is has the, does your practice include more than just postures? Ideally, in a well-constructed practice, the postures are actually just preparing you for the quieter practices. You know, like this practice of yoga is over 5,000 years old. They weren't doing it to get fit. That's not why they were doing those postures. They're doing the postures to influence your breath. And once you've influenced your breath, you will influence your mind and then you are able to connect with the deeper parts of yourself where the spiritual element comes in. So, yeah, just just to make sure that your practice isn't too athletic and that as well as some postures, there's either some breathing exercises, possibly called the, the correct term, which is pranayama, but it doesn't even have to be that. It can just be that you dedicate some time just to lying there, hands on your body and feeling your breath, or that there's some kind of meditation or that you're listening to some kind of chant or something. At least if you were doing a 30-minute practice, you would want at least 10 minutes of it to be still, that you've stopped doing the physical part and you're doing some things, um, mantra. There's all sorts of things available that are what we call the inner practices. And those are the ones that are kind of easily dropped off. We're a very very physical-based culture, and, and it's also quite hard for people just to be still and quiet. So if you can, with your evening practice, hunt around on YouTube, find, find things, even kind of branch out and look into meditation or something, 
find some way that you can be still but not just kind of lying there twiddling your thumbs getting kind of anxious thinking so that you're doing something that is keeping your mind engaged and that it's kind of nourishing you on a deep level but it's also still and quiet so yeah that's that's my recommendations for people looking at um wanting to do some yoga in the evening now this other question that came in it was a great question it's this um person has asked what's the difference between a, a relapse and a lapse so if you've spent any time in recovery circles or been in treatment centers or been in 12-step groups you're probably very familiar with that term relapse and even if you've been on your own private journey and you have attempted to stop or cut down and you've had that experience of the plan going sideways and you've ended up not been sticking to what you thought you were going to do and you've ended up drinking again or drinking more. It's interesting sometimes what language we use to define what's happened there. So in yoga, neither of those words would be used at all, which I found that really quite helpful. Um, yoga would just see that we we have patterns and habits and sometimes when we're trying to change those patterns, we can do it in a way that's sustained and permanent and at other times there's a break in the pattern and we return to an old pattern and kind of simply sees it as just part of a learning curve in a way. Whereas more in recovery circles and often personally, until we have a new way of looking at it, we tend to use these words relapses and and lapses. So to answer the question directly, what's the difference between a relapse and a lapse? A lapse is, you could say, more like a, a, a short-term, a temporary kind of slip-up. So say you've been sober now for three months and then you go out one night and you end up drinking that night. But you kind of dust yourself off and you get back on track and you continue to be sober. You could call that a lapse. It's like a, a brief slip. Whereas a relapse is slightly different. A relapse is, again, that you start, you pick up again, you start drinking again, but it goes on for longer. And it's all your ideas and dreams and hopes of being sober. You kind of push them aside. It's like you go revert back, not only to your old behavior, but to your old thinking. It's like you stop trying to be sober and for a lot of people we have a mixture of both of these things on the journey um, and often what can happen that a lapse can turn into a relapse is our own negative thinking about it like how do we personally frame and deal with the fact that we have fallen off what we thought was the path 
And it's not just for drinking. This happens, I think, for any change of behaviour. Anyone who's ever been sort of on a diet would probably relate to this. It's like, okay, I'm not eating sugar anymore. And maybe for three weeks you cope, and then next thing you know, you've scoffed a Moro bar or something. It's the, the stories we tell ourselves and the way we treat ourselves as a result of that behaviour that can often determine what the kind of ultimate outcome is. So if we are mean to ourselves, we give ourselves a really hard time and, you know, really beat ourselves up and call ourselves a failure and we're useless and I knew you couldn't do it and just start this intense self-loathing and ultra-criticism. That's going to make the consequences of that lapse really hard. It's going to turn that into quite a a negative, large experience. It's going to really get us down. We're going to feel really awful. And unfortunately, a lot of us tend to do that. It's like this, and it's even unconscious. We don't make a conscious decision about, okay, I'm just going to give myself absolute hell now. It's like it's these inner voices that start up. And there is another way to look at it, which is far more realistic, but often we don't go there first. And when you're dealing with addiction, when you're dealing with alcohol abuse, the nature for most of us is we're trying to learn something new. We've had a habit, an addiction, for sometimes for years or even if it's for a short time, it is very likely, very likely, that when we try and change and do something new, that we're going to make a mistake, that at some point we're going to revert back to the old behaviour. So being kind and realistic about this can determine what can't, what you do next. And if I sometimes think of like, you know, we all learned to walk at some point. And that took us a long time. And we fell over heaps. And yet we didn't, nobody around us or ourselves criticised or judged or told us off for falling over it's it was like it's considered normal when you're learning something new you make mistakes so it's the same when you're learning to be without alcohol and you're learning to have less that you're going to make mistakes and just to dust yourself off just go okay I made a mistake and from the yoga's point of view that's a really important moment to apply what we call swadhyaya self-observation learn something from it don't don't give yourself a hard time there's no value in that whatsoever but learn something have a look what happened why did that happen why what was different this time so that in that way that a, a lapse can be a very short and thing and off you go on on your way or if you're not if you give yourself an incredibly difficult time over it, it can spiral down into a relapse which they can last weeks they can last months they can actually last years um so i hope that answers that question 
So that's bringing us close to the end of our show today. So thank you everyone who's been listening and sending in your questions. And more than anything, if you're listening to this and still struggling, I really just encourage you to keep trying that for every person out there who feels like that you can, it's bigger than you, it's not. There's so many people out there who eventually do learn to live with a life that isn't controlled by alcohol. You don't have to be special. You don't have to be clever. You don't have to have magic powers. You just need to keep going and just get, ask for the support and the help that you need. Never give up. I gave up, I tried to give up alcohol probably 30 times, 40, maybe even 50, before I actually managed to do it. So it is possible and it is worth it. So thank you and go well out there. And one last time, in case you've just tuned in, my recommendation is for the website Living Sober. That's all one word, .org.nz, um, just for their amazing resources and the social connection that you can get there on that show as well. So you've been listening to Kate Bendel. Thank you. I'm Kate Bendel from Sober Yoga. I struggled with drinking for years until I discovered yoga. Join me every second Tuesday at 10.30 as we explore yoga as a tool for overcoming addiction. My passion is to share that there is a way out of the alcohol trap that doesn't require you to identify as powerless or even as an alcoholic. Sober Yoga, fortnightly on Tuesdays at 10.30 on ORFM and podcast from oir.org.nz. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.